So I want to speak to you about bridges of peace, bridges of peace, or, or maybe even just peacemakers, but I want, to, I want to speak to you about building bridges of peace to others. So the first week I said that every one of us, we have a hole in our soul that only God can fill. Now, as money won't fill it, alcohol won't fill it, relationships won't fill it, nothing will fill that. Only God can fill that. Never alone. Because the Father is ready to run to us. Doesn't matter what we're going through. Doesn't matter how bad we stuffed up. When we turn, He runs to us. We call upon His name. He will run to us. He is our helper. Our God is our helper in the sense that He, he says Himself, I am your helper. And, and for me, that's just amazing how God would humble Himself and run to us when we're in trouble. He's a, we have a humble God, although He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's amazing. So in the second message, we spoke about that, that picture, about the four guys there. We spoke last week about the gang of godliness. So are you getting your gang together? Are you pursuing your gang of godliness? Another, other men or women that will stir your faith, that will encourage you to pursue the Lord. We need it. I said last week that on your own, you might survive, but you certainly won't thrive. You won't flourish. Alone you might survive, but you certainly won't, you won't flourish. You won't thrive. So I want to stir that in you to, to who are those people? Seek relationship and begin building those bridges to them, those bridges of trust. It takes time. It takes time, and you need them when the chips are down. Okay, so what you and I need connection with others. That's when we come alive. You know, in the book of Genesis, God originally created mankind for connection. He made Adam and Eve. He made mankind because He wanted to connect with us, a heart-to-heart connection, to walk with us in the garden, to connect with us. That was, that, that's God's purpose, his, his reason for making us. And then sin came in and it messed it all up. And then everything after that was a, was, a, was a journey, a process of redemption to get that connection back. Us with God and people with people as well. It's all about connection, intimate, meaningful connection. I mean, the Scriptures are so clear. The Lord says, don't just come and sing your songs. I want your heart. Your heart is far from me. It is about the heart. It's about a heart connection, intimacy. Say intimacy. Have you experienced this? You had a good connection with someone, good relationship, and at some point things went south. They went wrong. And suddenly there's this wall between you and that other person, and there's just like no way that you can. You're trying to connect, but they are, they've shut down. They've built a wall. They're not allowing you in. Who's experienced that? I have. And it's sad, especially when it was somebody really close to you. But it can be a colleague at work. It can be a friend from years ago. It's really challenging. It can be a spouse. And and it's really tough. It's no fun. So imagine this for a moment. There's a, a couple called John and Lisa. Changed the name from this morning. I don't want to hit somebody that's in the church because it's a little bit awkward. But anyway, so John and Lisa. So 
good couple in the sense of they've been coming for years. They've each had their little house there, house there, uh, 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 metaphorically speaking. And then they would come out their heart. They would come out. The heart would come and the heart would come. And they would build a bridge to one another, a bridge of trust. And they'd walk across these bridges of trust and embrace. Romantic sunset at the back. Not. <laughs> so they said, that's not very romantic. Okay, sorry, okay. This is a dude's <laughs> perspective on romantic. Okay, but so, so the two of them connected. There's like, it's a, it's a metaphor of we walking across bridges to connect with one another. Real connection, meaningful connection, intimacy. And so they have joy in the relationship, and they're connecting, and they can just let their guard down. Yeah, so all the married people would know what I'm talking about. If you're not married yet, you won't understand. But uh, you just let your guard down. You don't know, no makeup, just you with your hussy, you know, just chilling. And he loves you just as you are. Even in the morning when you get up and you don't look so great and you, nothing else looks so awesome, he's still you, the most beautiful woman on the planet. I'm lying right now, but are you still, I'm still going to say it. I'm speaking my faith. You're the most beautiful woman. <laughs> I'm speaking my faith after the shower and everything. You're going to be the most beautiful woman. <laughs> but anyway, so there's just that, there's this connection. You can just be yourself, okay? And then over time, there's these things that happen in the relationship. There are disappointments maybe. So um, what I call the guy? John, John. So John messes up a few times. He forgets your birthday. He forgets that it's the marriage wedding anniversary. That's like, that's like dynamite. That's putting a dynamite stick on the bridge like boom. Just blow it up. So, uh, and other little things happening, but, and sometimes some big things happening. Both sides and wife do stuff that disappoints him, you know. So over time, things happen. It's like, taking dynamite sticks and you're putting it on your bridges and you just go, blow it up. You know, and sometimes the, 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 the one can do something that really freaks out the, the wife. So in this case, you know, John did something that really freaked his wife out. So she's like, you're scary, dude. You're freaking me out. So she goes back into her house and then she builds extra walls, becomes a fortress with a moat and the drawbridge is lifted. And she, she even brings out some cannons. Dude, if you do that again, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Defense. And then there's all this barbed wire as well. And so she's looking at him through the barbed wire. And he's looking like an enemy. Like you look like an enemy. You know, because of the, the scary things that were happening. And so, so she, she retreats. And the dude's also like, man, flip these cannons. I'm also going to my thing. So I go to his fortress, and he builds walls and cannons, cannons and cannons. We're ready for action. And then, where's my, where's my flag? Did someone take my flag? My white flag. I need white flag. White flag. So after a while, the guy figures out this isn't working. This isn't working. So he comes down from his fortress puts down the drawbridge, walks across the bridge that's a lot of holes in it, 
and he gets himself a little flag. And he realizes, <clears throat> we need to stop this now. <laughs> peace, peace, peace. Let's stop. Because most relationships get these moments, these defining moments. It might not be divorce yet, but there might be this moment where, where, where both have retreated into their hearts. The walls are up. Talk about relationships. We retreat, and we look through the barbed wire and everything. This other guy or the ladies is like freaky, so you're like, uh-uh. How do you stop it? How do you turn it around? Well, you find peace in your heart with God. This is the key. So John, there in this fortress, he realizes, nah, this, isn't, this, is, this is lonely. This is no fun. Me and my little fortress so then he, con he connects with God, and he, and, he, and he realizes, my trust is in God. And he comes down, he comes and stands before the cannon, and he says, peace. And he says, you can shoot me, it's okay. But you are more important to me than anything else. You are more important to me than the issue. You, I want to connect with you again. And I think this is our challenge you see, you first need to have trust in God to come out of your fortress, to come out of the place of protecting self. Because as long as you protect your own heart in that way from someone else, you can't connect. Not heart-to-heart not, not, not heart connection. So you need to get your flag out and say, peace. But because my trust is in the living God and not in man, I can do this. He's my strength. Now I'm not going to do defense. And you might just shoot me with that cannon. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you by the love of God, by the, love, by the grace of God. So for me, that's the sort of picture I want to just un unpack for a little bit. How we can reconnect, whether it be a spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, a friend, a work colleague. This is our challenge. You see, we, we, as people, we hurt one another and then we retreat. We retreat. And then sometimes it's the one that retreats, and you can see that one is behind that wall, and you need to break down that wall somewhere. You need to, to win the uh, heart back. So they are, um, I want to so speak about or share with you as quickly how to, to, to create an environment of peace. So let's look at this, Matthew 5, verse 9. This is, this is critical for having healthy relationships. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Isn't that amazing? They shall be called sons of God. I thought all of us are sons and daughters of God after we've committed our lives to Christ. So what is this? What is this? It says, blessed are the peacemakers. Why are they blessed? Because the peacemakers have connection. So they're blessed. And yes, they are blessed because God can trust them. They're gonna, God will bless them because they value the hearts of others. They, they walk gently, they work gently and kindly with others. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. Do you know what some of us do? You see, you're walking on your little bridge to one another and you're saying, whoa, there's dynamite, whoa, there's dynamite, there's some more dynamite, but ah, it's all good. It's not gonna. And then there's another dynamite and it grows over time. And then one day, boom. Everything goes to hell because you were peacekeeping, not peacemaking. 
peacemaking as well. Let's talk about that dynamite. Let's talk about that problem. Let's talk about, let's engage. Let's engage. I so often see this. People are terrible, especially good Christians. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to talk about it. Well, it's going to blow up at some point. If you don't. So choose. Do you want just a little cut or do you want to blow his head off? What do you want? What do you want? What choose yet? <laughs> you know? So that's why, you know, I've learned we need to engage when there are issues, when there are problems, engage. It doesn't go away. It does not go away. They say it, it doesn't go away. Issues don't go away. You need to talk about it. You need to communicate about it. You need to define it. Amen. That's why God gave you a mouth. Talk. Come on. Let's engage. Talk about the stuff. You need to. Otherwise, it will blow up. So it says, for they shall be called the sons of God. So it speaks of a mature son or a mature daughter of God. They are the ones who bring peace. Peacemakers. I release peace into a scenario. I release peace into a relationship. It says, these are the sons of God or the son of God. So, so in a sense, it's set apart. I was thinking this weekend, is it possible that there are special, more special places reserved for certain people in the heart of God? Is it possible that for certain people, there is a more special place in the heart of God than for others? And people weren't sure this morning. I believe, I believe yes. I believe, yes. I believe there's the, the opportunities there for everybody. The possibility to have incredible intimacy with God is available to everybody. But everybody doesn't achieve it because you need to be trustworthy. Look at the scriptures. Um, Abraham called the friend of God, but God could trust him. God said to him, sacrifice your son to me. He did it. God stopped him. But he did it. He's everything. In other words, God was his God. He didn't serve other gods. God could trust him. He's my friend. Moses on the mountain face to face with God. God could trust him. David, a man after my own heart. Man, I, 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 I love David more in that sense. Then we get to Jesus. Jesus chooses 12. One is a devil, Judas. Then he has his intimate group of three. And then he has the one. Who's the one? John the Beloved. John the Beloved. That's just weird. I thought God loves everybody. No, John was the Beloved. I mean, we see it on a, just on a, 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 a relational level between John and Jesus. He was the one that put his head on Jesus' chest. There was some real intimacy there. Nothing weird, just male-to-male intimacy, which is awesome. But Jesus had a special place for John, just on a relational level. And then later, everybody fled, but John went to the cross. Everybody else, no one else was there. But the love that John had for Jesus overcame the fear, so he was at the cross. And then Jesus, hanging on the cross, looked at John and said, John, son, your mother, mother, your son. So Jesus trusted John with his own mother, Mary, to look after her. I believe there's a place in God. It's available for everybody, but not everybody achieves it. Not everybody attains it. 
Not everybody pursues it. Not everybody is found faithful. So it's an invitation for you and me to go deeper into God. Now look at this. John doesn't die like the rest. And he gets the revelation, the book of Revelation. That is the revelation of Christ. He gets a download of intimacy and revelation from God that no one else got. Because it's John the Beloved. You see, they say when it comes to IQ, you can't work so much on that. Sorry. But EQ, your emotional intelligence, is something that can grow and develop. You can grow in your relational capacity. You can grow in your ability to love one another as people, to, to develop relational skills. But I also believe we can grow in our, in our development of our intimacy with God the Father or God in general, God the Holy Spirit. So I believe there's a special place. And I believe those who steward relationships well can be trusted with more. Those who steward relationships well can be trusted with more. I was shocked last week. Someone said to me, or this week, someone told me about a man of God that I have huge respect for. Incredible revelations about God. And I, and I hear that he actually is he's divorced from in the middle 2000-something, 2000, 2000 he, he was divorced. He felt God lead him to another country, but his wife didn't want to come along. So I'm like, dude, then you stay until you win her heart. You stay until you win her heart. So I see this so often, you know, in the church world where people get this idea, pursuing the mission, the kingdom, the great commission. Yes, amen, absolutely but let me tell you, the mission is relationship. Because that will enable you to fulfill the Great Commission. The mission is relationship. The mission is to prioritize our, in, our intimacy, our connectedness with others, and to fight for that connectedness. I continuously fight for my wife's heart because she is fragile. Her heart is fragile. I need to communicate to her continuously, you, Sonica, you and my son, you more important to me than anything else. More important than ministry, big church, whatever it is, impacting the nations. If I have to choose, I choose you. The result is my wife backs me and trusts me. We have incredible unity. We are a powerful team. And people in our church family talk about us as a team, a powerful team. But I had to prioritize. It's 15 years of marriage and before of over and over again choosing relationship, choosing relationship, choosing relationship. Have I made mistakes? Yes, I think in 2002 I made a mistake once. <laughs> That's a joke, okay? That's a joke. I make mistakes often. And then I apologize. I, get my, I, must get, I actually must get one of these for me. <laughs> I'm sorry! My son and I both have this thing. We believe that sorry sorts out everything. My wife is always says, yeah, you think you can just say sorry and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> I must change my behavior as well. But uh, it's a good start. Good start. But prioritize relationships. Prioritize connectedness. 
Life is about connecting. And even though maybe you have battled to connect, I want to say to you, you can grow in this. You can develop this. God will help you too. Amen. So there are different circles of connection or different levels of intimacy. Number one is the God spot. Please put it up there. God spot. That is a spot that only God should have. No one else can get there. That's, the, that's the, the hole in your soul that only the Lord can fill, the God spot. The second level is the most, your most intimate relationship. Just to backtrack, you need to understand that everybody doesn't have equal access to you. I know as Christians, we think, I'm a Christian, and I love people, and I have a value of service and honor and all those things, so everybody should have access because that's what love looks like. Well, that's stupid. It's not sustainable. It will cost you. I've seen this. I've seen men of God do this. Everybody has access to me. Well, you lose your wife down the line. You lose your sanity. Jesus didn't give everybody access. He had his 12. He had his three. He had the 70, and he would get away often. So Jesus managed, and he had his number one spot with God the Father. Times of intimacy. So you need to have boundaries, and you need to get your priorities straight. First God, then the most intimate relationship, your spouse or a really good friend. And when you have a spouse, then you must now move your really good friend out. Or maybe it's your mom. Or when married now, sorry, mom, out you go. Husband first, wife first. Then your closest relationships, and then others. And then Facebook. Okay. Out there. Everybody does not have equal access to us. Now look at this, John chapter 20. So about peace. And how Jesus stepped in to bring peace. It's just after the crucifixion. The disciples were terrified, hiding away behind closed doors. They have heard a rumor that Jesus is alive, but they haven't met him yet or seen him yet. And then in, in, in John 20, verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst. Now, that must have been quite scary. So we're afraid, we're terrified of dying, a man walks through the wall. And so it's just valid that Jesus says, peace be with you. Don't freak out. Stop screaming. Be a man. Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So this is amazing. There's an atmosphere of fear. Jesus comes to turn the atmosphere of fear into an atmosphere of peace. Why? Because you cannot connect when there's fear. It is impossible to connect when you are anxious and fearful. I've often experienced this. The moment I'm distracted or anxious about something, worried about something, or there's maybe fear in my life, I'm worried about stuff, then I am not present. I'm sitting at home at the dinner table with my family, but it's just as good as I'm not there. I'm not connecting. I am not connecting. I am I have shut down. 
because of that. And that's how it works. Fear causes disconnect. The moment fear comes into our lives, we retreat into our little fortress and we get behind the barbed wire and there's not a very good place for them to connect. Peace leads to connection. The moment you have peace, you know, I think over the years, so often we're coming to church and I'm so worked up about my message and I'm so focused on, and I'm, oh, I'm not even feeling so lacquer, you know, so I'm like, I'm, I walk in, I'm not connecting to anybody because I'm just somewhere ahead in my mind somewhere else. But you know, the times where I am at peace, in the presence of God, in good space, man, I'm just, I'm just connecting with everybody, or at least it feels like it from my side. But I have capacity to give someone a hug and say, hey, you know, I'm sure we've all experienced this. You need peace. To connect. You need peace to connect. If you lose your peace, you lose your connection. So you must manage that connection. You must manage your peace. Look at this, John 14, 27. It says, Jesus speaking, peace I leave with you. My peace, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus saying, Instead of trouble, instead of fear, I give you peace. That's so powerful. But if we allow the things of life to consume us, we will go through life disconnecting, missing people. It doesn't help you at work and you're worried and stressed the whole time because you're not going to connect to other people. It doesn't help that you're continuously in a place of worry and stress because the result is you're going to start losing your connections with people. You shut down. Peace. Say peace. Peace. God wants to give you peace. Inner peace empowers us to create an environment of peace. An environment of peace around us. You see, if you want to be a peacemaker, you need to have peace yourself. If you want to release peace, you need to have peace. Jesus just released his peace. So I want to say to you, the same way, where Jesus walked through the wall and appeared in the midst of that environment of fear and turned it around and gave peace. He wants to do the same for you. When, you. when you are afraid, when you are insecure, when you are worried, when you are hiding away in your little fortress of fear, relationally speaking, I want to say to you that Jesus wants to walk through those walls and, gives you, and wants to give you peace. That's my prayer for you, for every one of us. When there is maybe a relational conflict, when, when there is a disconnect, when you feel alone, that Jesus will walk through those walls and say, peace, peace to you, rest, rest. That's what I believe God wants to do. So how do we create an environment of peace? Just a few points. First, you need to find peace with God. That's where it starts. If you don't have peace, you won't have connection. Because real connection comes from the heart. That's why I don't know how someone who is not following Jesus can really, truly know intimate, meaningful connection. I don't know. I don't know how it's possible. You might have for a season. You might have for a while. But it's going to blow up at some stage. So you need to have peace. 
you need to have peace. Because when you have peace, you drop that drawbridge and you walk out with your little flag. Peace. It's powerful. Conflict situation. Conflict situation. This is what you need. First, peace yourself. Find peace with God. How do you find peace with God? Obviously, turn away from whatever is, is distracting or leading you away from Him. Turn to Him. Let Him fill you with His life and blessing and peace. Secondly, release peace. I believe when Jesus said peace, He, he wasn't only speaking words. He was changing the environment. He was changing the spiritual atmosphere. The devil's mission is to kill, steal, and destroy. How does he do it? Through division. He divides people. He gets people to fight. He gets people to, be, to misunderstand one another. He gets people to egos to bounce around. He gets us to misunderstand how it is to value someone else's heart and not trample over someone's heart. We need to release peace into the environment. So there's a spirit battle. I want to encourage you, have communion in your house, in your environment. Have communion with your spouse or with a friend. Have communion. Take authority. Get every ungodly influence out of the way. Out. Say out. Sometimes you need to tell darkness, get the heck out of my life. Because it's influencing. I can pick this up with my wife. There are times like, there's no reason. There's no reason why my wife is this unhappy at this moment. Is me? No. That time of month? No. Always a dangerous question to ask sometimes. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, worried about something specific? No. Okay, fine, it can only be the devil. So let's, let's take him down. I'm always first on the, on the like, is it me? <laughs> Did I do something? <laughs> Did I do something that I'm not aware of? <clears throat> also, only in 2005 or something that happened. <laughs> so, so you need to deal with the spirit environment, the spiritual atmosphere. I think so many times those things influence us more than anything else. So you need to get the fear out peace for yourself, then release peace into the environment. So often I need to say with my wife or with other people, you need to release words that also would release peace. Because sometimes when fear comes in, it's like worried about, is he now going to do this or that? Or, and just to say, again, no, 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 I love you. You're number one. I have a plan about around this thing. That's taking all of my time, for instance, but I have a plan. So peace. Ah, oh, the woman wants time. They want time. So thirdly, speak kind words. This is how we, the way we speak to one another. Kind words. Look at that verse, Proverbs 15, 1. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words with, make tempers flare. A gentle answer deflects, but harsh words make tempers flare. So, you know, so like the lady's now in her fortress and the cannons are pointing. And the words, the words are coming. Now you're like, I can't believe she's saying that. Or whatever, you know. But now you're like, now you're sitting with this, this, this moment. Now I'm sure this ha never happened to you guys. I think this happened to us in 2002 once. But uh, that moment, conflict situation. Now you can apply it to any area of your life. 
conflict situation and things are, you can feel the atmosphere is not lacquer, things are going south at an incredible rate, and along with it, your self-control. So at some point, you just feel like, I feel like it. So just say it, because I feel like it. And then at the back of your mind, the Holy Spirit is shouting, no, don't just say it. Because sometimes you should just not say it. Because you're upset, you're not yourself, you're not thinking straight, you're looking through the barbed wire, it's wrong, it's going to do damage, don't say it, walk away, walk away. Ladies also don't like that when men walk away, but sometimes you need to walk away. Walk away, come back later when you're not going to say something that you shouldn't. So this is my advice, any conflict situation, work, wherever, don't, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. My dad, he helps me. He's a, was a brilliant negotiator um, with, with unions. And so he, he gave me two, two principles. The one was count to 10 before you say it. In your head, count. Some of us count to 50. But count. One, two, three. No, man, I want to say it. Four, five. Count to 10. Okay, that's just to calm yourself down. If you can't calm yourself down, walk away. Secondly, the focus is to, to understand the other person's perspective. Understanding. 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 Guys, it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. <laughs> it's a great journey. It's a wonderful journey. Who is she? And you figure it out last month, uh, this month. Whoo, wiring is different this month. Aish. So now you're trying to figure out again. It's a wonderful journey to figure out. Understanding. Focus on understanding, not on agreement. This revolutionized someone's marriage. We taught this a marriage seminar. And the guy came to me back months later and said, that rocked my world. When you told me the mission isn't agreement. The mission is understanding. Because if it's agreement, someone, and we're not agreeing, someone needs to go away. Focus on understanding. Just focus on understanding on every level of life. Just that's a weird opinion. Just help me again. Why do you think like that? You know, I sometimes when I hear someone like, in, like no, 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 no. I, I sometimes jump in too quickly. Count to 10. Ask why. And then the last one. Honor the person. Say, I value you. So this is, I value you. Now, this is in a, in a, in a relationship context as a husband, wife, or, or, or lady, guy with lady, the guy say, I, I value you enough to not walk out of this relationship. That's, do you know, that's why people get, why we get married. That's why we get married. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. What's the purpose? Is it about marriage? No. The covenant of marriage is about creating an environment of peace and safety and security. Before witnesses, I commit to you, Sonica, until death do we part. Even though you are sick and we have nothing, I'm going to look after you. You don't have to worry. Even if we have conflict and we fight and we miss one another, let's fight. Let's shoot cannons, but I'm not walking out. I am in environment of security, of peace. That's why we get married. It is so powerful. 
And it also brings a blessing from God. The moment you say, you, I do, that's the moment that God brings peace and blessing on the marriage. There's no blessing before you actually get married. There's, then the hand of God comes, comes in. So I've had this discussion with guys, especially religious people, our pastors. You know, once had once one pastor, you know, he was going off about marriage, the covenant. And I'm like, can't say this, but your marriage is horrible. So you covenant, covenant, but there's no intimacy. And for me, that's the heart of, of, of dead religion. We like our rules. We like our 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 our, our you know, the rules by which we go and we worship the rules. But it's about connection. That's what it's about. I don't worship the marriage covenant. I am in, about intimacy with my wife and valuing her and loving her as a human being. That's what it's about. And so often we miss this. And so the Lord, this, this verse, Matthew 15, is so powerful. Because then, again, this, this reveals the dead religion, how the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and to destroy, and gets our minds and hearts distorted. Sonica spoke about a grandfather was a, was a pastor, a leader of a church. But there was no relationship. No relationship. You know, they would often be together, but you're not allowed to make noise because that's just wrong when, she was a, when they were small. And, you know, not even allowed to play card games because that's of the devil. And there was no connection. But I'm the church leader, eh? I'm supposed to represent God. But I'm missing it. That's dead religion. We shall see children, but we shall not listen to, we shall not hear them. No. We will sit with our little ones and we will listen to their hearts. We will sit with our little ones and believe in their value and, their, and, and, and the grace of God and what God can do through them, even though they're eight years old or, or smaller. Amen. It's about connection. It's like getting into next week, I want to speak about, you know, connecting with the next generation. And, um, but we need to get into their worlds. But this thing about children must be seen and not heard comes from the pit of hell. I need to listen to my son. I need to hear his heart. I'm so often sitting at my computer doing things and preparing, and then he storms in. And I go, uh, okay. <laughs> right, what next? You know? Because he needs to know dad's always available. But the father is always available. Amen. When we focus on the rules and religion, but we miss the heart of having fun, valuing someone's heart, and being there for them. If we miss those things, we miss everything. God wants us to connect. Rules must have a purpose. And many of the rules that God gives us is just guidelines to protect us from pain. But we don't worship the rules. And so when someone breaks the rule, what do we do? We shoot them. That's what we do in the Christian world. How dare this man, this church leader, commit some form of sin? You broke the rule. Now I'm going to kill you. But the rule was there to protect. But now we use the rule to kill. And it offends the heart of God. True statement. True statement. We kill people with rules. When God is wanting us to love them, have compassion and mercy on them. And that's what I want us, that, that's what God wants us to do, to love people well. Yeah, they broke the rules. But I love them.
When you break the rules, you hurt. I'm not going to add to your pain. Amen. So this verse says, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me. Do you see? This speaks about the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, where they were coming with all the sacrifices and they were doing all their things. And God is saying, so what? I'm not interested. I want your heart. God wants your heart. God wants your heart. He's not after your money. He's not after your time. He's not after anything else. He wants your heart. Do you know when he gets your heart, he gets everything else. (laughs) Because you just can't help yourself. You love him. God is after your heart. And I want to encourage you, encourage us to make the main thing the main thing. Relationship. Connectedness. And and do whatever we can to connect with others and with God. But it starts with you need to have peace yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be hiding away behind that fortress wall and you're going to be alone. You're going to be alone in the midst of a crowd. Because you're not connecting. Amen.